give my regards to Luke and Pete Street. It's the Luke <laughs> and Pete Show with me, Pete Donaldson, and Mr. Luke Moore. What's your favourite tube station, Luke? Oh, now you're asking. There's one in East London, which is... Um, Sexy. I think, I think it was done as a tribute to sort of communist architecture. Right. I forget which one it is now. It's on the central line. Mm. And it's got amazing lanterns, like lamps going all the way down. It's beautifully mm. decorated inside. Oh, there's a few of them. Yeah, they've still got those kind of original kind of 1940s lamps. Beautiful. In terms Beautiful. of um, efficiency, if we're talking London Underground, this is very parochial, but fair enough. Mm. Um, the Victoria Line is the MVP. I mean, that is unbelievably good. Uh, it's very efficient, isn't it? It cuts yeah. right through town. Yeah. Um, there's a bit of a hack at Piccadilly Circus. I always used to walk up to Oxford Circus. Piccadilly Circus, up the Bakerloo line. You don't have to worry about getting on escalators or stairs. Cross right over. over the way. Crossover. Yeah. Northbound Victoria line. My mate Sarah told me about that. And it has changed my life. Certainly coming into this uh, studio anyway. Two facts for you that makes the Victoria line the MVP. Okay. One is Victoria to Highbury, mm. which is South London, South Central London to North London in 12 minutes. And the second one is uh, rush hour on the um, Victoria line. They've got it so good now that there's a train every 40 seconds. And cool. that is the cool bomb. That is cool. I tried that flick, but I couldn't really do it in the mic. Hang on. There you go. What are you doing with you? Are you cracking like your two fingers together there? Hit that finger into that finger. Isn't it? Oh. Yeah. Um, Pete, here's a, here's a story that caught my eye um, this week, and I hope people are having a lovely week. And this, if they're not, this will make them feel better. Mm. Did you know about the existence of uh, the Juliet Club? What's the Juliet Club? So the Juliet Club this is, sounds a bit um, like it might be um, Romeo and Juliet law kind it, of situation. It's based in um, Verona in Italy, mm. and, and a tradition that spans a very long time, at least decades. The Juliet Club receives 50,000 letters every year. Right. Many addressed to just Juliet, Verona, Italy. Cool. And there are a load of volunteers who are called the Secretaries of Juliet who respond to every letter that's sent with the same style that it was sent to them on. And the idea is that in Verona, there's a place where people go and visit as tourists, which is called the Juliet Balcony, where it's mm. apparently inspired when yeah. Juliet came out and said, Romeo, Romeo, where for art thou, Romeo? And there's a really interesting article on the BBC about it, about these volunteers who take their time to um, sensitively and carefully and really creatively reply to people's almost like agony aunt type problems around love. So they ah. and, and all you've got to do is write on the envelope, Juliet, Verona, Italy, and it gets sent there. And you'll get and you'll always get a response. Would you necessarily take the advice of a woman who drank poison? <laughs> I don't think it's, but they're not posing as Juliet. I'm just saying, I wouldn't yeah. be writing to her in the first place. Mm. Mm. Love me, love me, say that you love me. Awful, awful. Uh, yeah. What do you think about that, Peter? I think that. Um, Would you be my Romeo? I reckon uh, it'd be better to write to us because we are experts in the matters of the heart, if mm. not um, uh, pieces of electronics that go in hearts that my dad gave me once. <laughs> Yeah, the old, exactly. The old pacemaker. We'll send you a pacemaker. If you want to send, you want to send your love problems to Luke and or Pete. Yeah. Hello at lukeandpeach.com. Mm. Do it. Yeah. We won't write you back a painfully, a painstakingly written typewritten letter with perfume on it. No. Which is what some of these guys do. <laughs> um, but I thought it was a really interesting story because the whole story on the BBC website was around a guy called Martin who um, found out at the age of 14 that he had a, um, had a brain tumour. Mm. Uh, and, and thankfully, he was able to, to to sort of overcome that and survive. And he just thought, you know what? I'm going to spend my time doing nice things for people. Okay. And so he volunteered doing that, and he's been doing it for a long time. That's nice. 
Yeah, so sometimes it'll be like, oh, I've really, so oh, my name's Luke and I'm in love with this guy called Pete, mm. um, but I'm too scared to tell him. And you reply going, what mate, I do? wind it in. I had a brain tumour at 14. Yeah. Could Get be some fucking it. perspective. <laughs> Every single response. <laughs> well, at least you've had a brain tumour like me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, photo of him with a brain tumour. <laughs> Sent back, yeah. There we go. I just thought that was quite interesting. That is quite interesting. Uh, but uh, if I was uh, a member of a uh, rather less progressive government, I'd say, get rid of it immediately. But it's fine. They've volunteered anyway. Oh, right. I've told you that. I you haven't got to turn anything into a right-wing political rant, word. Peter. Well, I'm right. I'm right-wing and I'm political. So what are you going to do what about are you gonna it? What you going to do? Can uh, we? Can we? Do, oh, go on. You carry on. Uh, Morrison's have released a Christmas uh, sandwich, and it's a mince pie sandwich, and it doesn't look very nice. No, I'm not. I'm not here Come for that. Fifth of November. Oh, that looks horrible. It looks like it's got cheese, and I mean, presumably, is it mince? As in mince? Yeah. I mean, you wouldn't put cheese in the middle of a like actual mince, sweet mince pie, would you? Disgusting. No. I remember take, take, it took me a while to realise that my American friends didn't know what a mince pie was and they thought it was savoury and that's what they kept saying they didn't want one. <laughs> Until <laughs> I eventually went, no, it's sweet. I'd kind of want one more if it was savoury to be I would frank. say to them after dinner or whatever, do you want a mince pie? I brought some and they'll oh. go, well, no, we just had dinner. So no, not really. The mince pie sandwich costs £3 and is made with two cheeses and spiced fruit chutney. Oh, that sounds all right. I mean, it can't. It's, I'd want more spice than uh, than sweet, to be honest. Horrible, disgusting. Um, the Ooh. Pret Christmas sandwich is back on the fifth of November, isn't it? Always a big moment. Yes, the Pret Manger um, Sarnies uh, obviously excite when they come out. When when's that? November. November fifth, I believe. Right. Yeah. So there's a bit of time to wait. November the fifth has come and gone, but thoughts of it still linger. Yeah. I held a firecracker in my hand. Has anyone seen my finger? <laughs> Spike Milligan. Very good. Mm. The um, so is that Monday? I think it's Monday, isn't it? Fifth of November. Holy crap! Yeah, I think it the is. second. Maybe this. Maybe it's Tuesday. Maybe mm. it's Tuesday. Um, I like the. Uh, I mean, for those those people who aren't living in London or indeed a major city, you won't, this won't be. Uh, I mean, you might have visited and seen the Christmas sandwich, but if you ever go to Pret, do get the Christmas sandwich. It's a great sandwich. <laughs> it's just it a great sandwich. When all said and done, it's, it's just a, a great, great sandwich. Great sandwich. Um, you know, we've been um, because we have to. We've been doing this ramble tour. Mm. And we're almost at the end of it now, obviously, but we're uh, we're we're on the home stretch. But we got to stay in uh, hotels, right? Mm. I found out that Malmaison hotels, of all the budget hotels, are by far the best. Is it? Are they technically a budget hotel? They're good. So I, I would I wouldn't even I wouldn't rate that as a budget hotel. That's a decent hotel. What's your budget hotel then? Ibis. Yeah. Premier Inn. Yeah. Premier uh, Inn Town. Done the kind of like city or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Any of those ones. Yeah. Because there was a there was a recent easy hotel. Um, there was a recent. Um, I think um, budget hotel thing. never has a mini bar, never has uh, snacks, and the hotels that we've stayed in, by and large, have had both of those things. And well, I have indulged. I, I have well. eaten the spicy nuts. But there's a... and, and do you ever sort of find that when you're talking to somebody that you don't know uh, about food or anything like that, and they say they make a comment about it, you feel a bit. Um, a bit violated. Why? Because I said, he said, do you have anything in the minibar? And I said, I've had the spicy nut mix. And she went, oh, they are spicy. They're great, them, aren't they? And I was like, mind your own business. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Check later and charge me. I don't want you to hear what I'm doing, but my I'm pants like, on the bed. I'm like, I'm like, that's my food. I don't like it when I come in the room with some food and everyone starts eyeing it up. If I'm in an office situation, I come in with a bit of dinner and they go, and Peter start looking at it and going, oh, that looks nice. Fuck off. Remember yeah. Michael Owen did it when I was walk, walk past him at Euston Station. He eyed up my dinner. Fuck off, Michael. Get your own dinner. He probably said it's too too flavoured, too spicy. Yeah, but I found this article here. For, it's from 2017, but I'm fairly certain it was done. Um, 
in 2019 as well. And um, the fifth year run of Britannia Hotels was named the worst hotel chain in Britain by readers of Consumer Magazine, which um, Travel Lodge are in there, Holiday Inn are in there, Premier Inn are in there. So, I mean, Malmaison isn't even in there. I, um, I like the um, video that they try and I think they started in 95 or 94. I watched a promotional video and some of the information went in uh, while I was waiting for my kit to get cut slash, slash reprogrammed. And um, it was going, we put hotels in converted prisons oh, yeah. and brothels. It's <laughs> <was> like, <laughs> do we need to know that? It's taking a turn. <laughs> this, this hotel ranking system. I'll convert it back. <laughs> for budget hotels was average price paid for a one night stay cleanliness, quality of bathroom, uh, sorry, quality of bedroom, mm. bathroom, bed comfort, and how well, how well the description of the hotel matched the actual experience. Number one was Premier Inn, number two was Ibis, then Radisson Blue, then Crown Plaza, then McDonald, I never heard of McDonald, then no. Ibis Styles, and then Holiday Inn Express, and then Novotel. Mel Mazel's not on the list, so maybe you're right. I mean, we just must be very lucky. I didn't think for one second they'd let us stay in a nice hotel, but it's yeah, actually no, decent. I, 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 um, I worry. <laughs> I worry about the finances what's my worst I'm trying to think what my worst hotel was yeah Hotel Ibis the budget one in, in uh, Fratton oh god why would you even be there <laughs> was, there's no need was, to be there that was like if I'm ever going to top myself it'll be in there I mean it's just it was just grim but the confusing thing about that Pete mm. is if you know the area in Portsmouth yeah. there's no need to be there if, you, if you're going to stay at a hotel in Portsmouth if you want to do it on the budget you don't need to stay in Fratton 33 quid though that is cheap. To be that fair. is cheap. That that's is probably cheap, the cheapest you're going to find, actually. <laughs> that's for, that's for, what are you looking for in a, in a, in a budget hotel then? Because I, I don't really care, to be honest. No, I, I, I don't care. As long as it's got, I guess, a shower. But I mean, even then, it's just. Better than a shower. Just location, location, location. Is it? Yeah, just location. So you want to be right in the centre? Yeah. Just uh, whenever Why I go. Oh, you're on in Fratton then. <laughs> whenever I go on holiday, as long as you can just, you know, as long as you're just kind of in, in amongst it, I don't really mind, to be honest. But um, what does. I'm getting in a bit early, like by about probably about five hours or something uh, before you guys get to New York. And, uh, oh God, American, New York, New York City hotels are insanity. Yeah. In thin. Very expensive. Mm. Very expensive. If you're starting to worry about the budget, Pete, then that is definitely a very, very bad sign. Uh, I'm just looking for a bed. Uh, you don't really spend an awful lot of time in your hotel room, do you? So bed. Shower is obviously telly. Important. Do you like a telly? Well, man, amazing. I've got Sky Sports. Oh, has it? It's unbelievable. Decent, I couldn't believe mate. it. It's the first hotel I've ever been in. Why, why aren't we Sports. being? Uh, why aren't we being advertised? Uh, why, why aren't we taking their dollar? This is a great advert for the Malmaison Hotel. It's in every major city. Yeah, I should have named them. Mm. I might get um, Charlie to bleep it out. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to un This could it. be you, but you quid. playing. Give us some money. <laughs> um, yeah, brilliant. Um, one other thing I wanted to bring to the table, Pete Donaldson, yes. is, check this out, right? The world's most expensive whiskey was sold. Right. A rare bottle of Scotch whiskey hit the headlines after it was sold for £1.45 million pounds at auction in London. It was the Macallan 1926 60-year-old single malt from Cask 263. Apparently, according to Sotheby's, or Sotheby's as most people call it, it's the holy grail of whiskey, but it's £50,000 a dram. <laughs> but, but then the BBC, this is from the BBC website, right? They obviously have some kind of agenda here because they report on it. And then they spend the second half of the article saying that they, they gave it to David Robertson, who's a master distiller at the Macallan, mm. saying, um, from memory, it was an incredibly rich, intense spirit, um, full of dried fruits, dates, prunes, tons of incredible spicy notes of cloves, ginger, and cinnamon. Mm. Uh, it's a great whiskey, 
But I've had better. Oh, Stick in the boot right in there. That's a pain there. in the arse, isn't it? Would you reckon you'd be able to tell if it was a really amazing whiskey? Nah, and I, I think over a certain age of anything, I, I think it's the law of diminishing returns. And there must be an upper limit. If it's like, oh, this whiskey is 100 years old, well, that's gone rotten, isn't it? Disgusting. Oh, so you mean, so you think it might, once it goes so far, it's not going to be any good? <laughs> yeah, uh, but I would like to point out, I am not a master distiller. But if I gave you, say, a £10 bottle of red wine, a mm. £100 bottle of red wine, yeah. and a 10,000 bottle of red wine. You Would you uh, tell the difference? Probably not, to be honest. No, I don't think no, I would I just, either. Yeah. I'm not an expert in it, though. <laughs> um, imagine, because there was a story in Hawksmoor, that steak restaurant a few weeks ago, or was it a few months ago, I can't remember, where the, the waiter, or the sommelier, whatever it was, mm. um, the, he he gave this couple the wrong bottle of wine. Yeah. And um, they asked for like a, like a 60 pound bottle or whatever. And it, was a, it was a 10 grand bottle of wine. Mm. Don't buy it. Is that a PR? Do you think that's a PR kind of exercise? I think so. I think you mentioned it on the show and somebody pointed out that, you know, if you're buying a bottle of wine over a grand, they are they would usually have someone come over, like a specialist come over to explain the the wine and where it's come from and why it tastes like this and how you should be drinking it. It's a whole fucking ceremony, isn't it, after you get to a certain level. I'm not interested in that. It sounds no, a bit like when they come over. It sounds a bit like when they come over and sing you happy birthday. That's <laughs> the last thing I want. I just bother a bothersome it's only come in recently. Bothersome uh, restaurant staff. It's just like, come on. I'm gonna tip you anyway. I'm a kind man. Yeah. So you don't have to earn it, it's fine. Do you, um, do you tip room service people when they come to the door? Was it well, yeah, because, because um, nothing's cash. They give you a little piece of paper to sign yeah. and you add a little... Do you? Do you always add? Yeah. Do you? It's room service, isn't it? They literally carry because you can't be asked to get downstairs and do it yourself. But I would do. What? If they said it's ready, now come get it, I'll go get it. <laughs> I would. <laughs> All right. Well, bully for you. But what's the... Pro- what's the t- I'm, I'm not... I, just, I hope you would agree. I'm not an ungenerous man. All right. But why... Say, for example, I'm standing in room 223. Yeah. It's up one flight of stairs mm. and it's just down the corridor from the from the kitchen. Mm. Why am I paying someone to walk 20 paces to the to the door? You could say that about waiters though, couldn't you? And the waiter's giving you a whole service across an evening. Is it? Bringing they... stuff, explaining stuff, being nice to you, taking your plates away. Mm. There's a lot more involved. Yeah, but I mean, they've got to come to your room and see you. In my case, I might sandwich at 3am 3, 3 in a towel, um, topless, so... And I and it was fine because the block I couldn't figure out if it was a man or a lady, and uh, the and if it was a woman, obviously I would go and put a top on, but I couldn't figure out if it was a man because because he, he wasn't right in my little um, peaky hole, um, but he did have quite an effeminate voice, <laughs> and so I couldn't really figure it out. I was like, oh, fuck it, it's three a.m. I don't you know if you're knocking on Donny's door at three a.m. You get everything. You're checking just... out the nipples. Yeah, I'm yeah. afraid. <laughs> the and, glass uh, cutting yeah. nipples. No glass cutting nipples. They are relentless. So what did you get? What would you give as a tip then? Um, couple of quid. I think uh, I think I had a fifteen pound sandwich, which is obscene, obviously. But yeah, I think I gave three quid tip. Bloody hell! And what about if a delivery driver de- drops you a Deliveroo? Just Deliveroo is uh, um, every ten pound. It's a pound for me, like ten percent in it. So like in cash. No, you you got a tip on the app. app. I've got Deliveroo um, premium anywhere because I order so many times. What, it is what, disgusting. What does that mean? It just means you don't pay any delivery. You didn't How'd you get that? To, you pay ten quid a month, which is which is worth it for me because I am Bloody uh, hell. relentless. That's what I was thinking that might be one of the most depressing things you ever said to me. What do you mean? You, how many takeaways are you ordering a, a month? Um, upwards of four or five a month. Yeah, that's all right. That's not too bad actually. That's too bad. 
No, fair enough. There was a big thing, wasn't there, recently about, I mean, because you are a man who cares about the, the worker, Comrade Donaldson, we call you. Um, have you got any issue with Deliveroo kind of allegedly encouraging people to get out on their bikes in all weathers to try and make money because they can't afford to not work? I mean, isn't that gig gig economy, gig yeah. culture? You're using it, mate. Well, I do. Well, you can't sort of say it's like the people who complain about... Uh, do you see that Michael that video of Michael Gore from 1992? Um, I'm not trying to swerve away from the... <laughs> but this clip of uh, Michael Gore from 1992 going through David Attenborough's um, bins because he was on some TV show and he's like, well, let's see, let's see if... Um, is he Scottish, Michael Gore? He's got a yeah, he's, 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 he's posh let's, Scottish. Let's he? see if he has... That's not posh Scottish. Anyway, let's see um, if he is a fair-weather friend of the earth or not right, and it's just right. him on a roof going through Sir David Attenborough's bins yeah um, and it's like the people who sort of point out oh you oh you you're, inv- you're, you're involved in uh, uh, capitalism uh, but you wanted to end that's very interesting isn't it it's very interesting that's you're, a stretch you're, you're taking stretch. you're taking part in you know gig culture mm. but you think that workers should have more rights disgusting mm. yeah just saying I don't think he is posh I think he's got a posh Scottish accent but I think he's from a working class background, Michael Gove. Mm. But you should, uh, regardless of that, he's he, got a wet mouth and it won't stop dribbling. Top, Pete, you, you, what are the, what are the, the current um, wet mouth power rankings? Um, Robbie Savage is Robbie Savage is up there. Yeah, <laughs> Robbie Savage just Gove? constantly streaming. Gove's up there. But that's you can actually see it glisten. Explain, explain <laughs> to people what you mean by just the wet people mouth. People who just constantly have wet mouths. Um, <laughs> but how does it manifest itself? Well, in. And Robbie Savage is shut But your mouth is supposed uh, to... Re- uh, <laughs> it's just because you go... Uh, uh. But people listening will be thinking people's mouths are supposed to be wet. Yeah, but it's just... Uh. Oh, too wet, you mean? Too wet. Over wet. Michael Gove has a shiny lip all right. the time. Right. Um, like, and we're not talking like lip gloss. He's just got a very wet mouth. Like yeah. he's constantly salivating it, subjugating workers' rights and ruining people's <laughs> lives. He can't believe how lucky he is that this idiot of a man has managed to get himself into a position where he can make the world a worse place. And he... It's delicious. His whole life is delicious. Yeah. He's always salivating. He just can't believe... It's like when I look at the crisps in the corner shop and I think, God, I can eat all these. Yeah. Um, Speaking... I shouldn't mention um, political stuff anyway, even though we did it earlier this week as well, because we got a comment on the um, iTunes page. I I forget that we got iTunes reviews, and I, I actually yeah. looked on, I think for the ramble, I was like, Jesus Christ, we got a rev- lot of reviews over the years. Wow. This is good. This is a good one. It started well, but has slowly become a record of Luke's movement into middle age slash middle class gammonhood. <laughs> yes, <laughs> which is actually strangely accurate. I'm sure yeah. that is probably Every true. Every time you uh, criticise me. You sound a bit more like Gov. But that's the problem, see. I criticise you because I think it's interesting to kind of challenge you on your beliefs. Yeah. But I think then people imply that then my beliefs are somewhat different. I'm not saying they necessarily are. Yeah, but you, you kind of, you opt out. You just don't want to be part of the conversation. You don't get angry about anything anymore. No. No. As I said to you on I've, Monday, I've actually, I'm a Ted Cruz guy. I've <laughs> I don't think believe human beings should be allowed to masturbate. I really go, must it. talk uh, about um, the Book of Dreams Argos uh, catalogue in the next show. Um, Do it on Monday, we'll, bro. We'll take, we'll take a break. Yeah, well, let's get some emails. We'll be back in. with some uh, emails, uh, what you guys have uh, sent in. Here we go. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. So, Sheikh, you're telling me that drinking camel's urine is part of the deen? Ah, you don't get me wrong. Look, that man has been misrepresented. In his time in the Ecuadorian embassy. In his time in the Ecuadorian embassy. Um, um, he thinks you should be drinking camel urine. Yeah, don't get me wrong. Hello at lukeandpeach.com is the email address. Now, I've got this email from Ivan that I'd like to read to you because mm. it is a follow-up on Eamon Holmes. Oh! Give hot, people a quick, pricey catch-up. Apparently, I like hot oranges. So Eamon Holmes, according An to orange, a friend of Pete's... warmed Pete, up in a microwave. Yeah. I like a hot orange. It likes to eat hot oranges. It sounds dangerous. Perilous. I've never heard of anyone doing no. that before. But anyway, Ivan says, just wanted to follow up with regards to discussion about Eamon Holmes' eating habits. It interested me to hear in episode 199.62, he eats hot oranges. Mm. Because I've also witnessed him being odd with the food and the drink. <laughs> I spotted him at a bar at the O2. Right. My friend and I saw that he was drinking a pint of Peroni that was full of ice. <laughs> we thought this was pretty odd, and perhaps he had been drinking a Coke slash water, and his friend had shared the pint with him to explain why he had ice in his pint. We were <laughs> horrified, though, to see that when he ordered the second pint, he specifically asked for a pint of Peroni full of ice. <laughs> this is blatantly deviant behaviour, and has put me off him as a TV personality since. Perhaps he was cooling his mouth after a hot orange. <laughs> Cheers, Ivan. Maybe he had a burnt tongue. What do you make about that? What do you make Peroni of that? Peroni with an ice cube in it. Come on. Come on now. That's fooling. I think quit, saying, quit fooling. I think he's saying that it's like a whole pint glass was full of ice. Yeah. So you're only getting half a pint there, max. Well, I guess it would... I mean, maybe he's trying to reduce his consumption by filling his glass full of ice and then filling it with a Peroni. It's a good um, idea. Yeah, it would look like a pint, but you would it obviously get a very watery pint by the end of it. You'd, it uh, um, uh, but would it make you drink your Peroni even quicker? It wouldn't taste very nice. Would it? I don't think really it's really watery. Yeah, no, but... I, mean, I, I wouldn't drink a Peroni. I don't really like Peroni anyway. But. It only starts to uh, to get watery after a while, surely, when it starts to melt. But yeah, very weird. People do it with Magnus. Weird behaviour. Do it with ciders, don't they? Mm. Very fashionable in the summer to do it with ciders and ice. I never drink ciders. I think uh, they are disgusting. It's because you have a problem with your acid, isn't it? Yeah. I get that with lagers anyway. He used to adopt the old policy of just eat whatever I want and just chuck a Gaviscon down after. Yeah. Chase it with a Gaviscon and everything <laughs> exactly, will be fine. Yeah, Gaviscon chaser. Yeah. But it does play havoc with the poop-poops. <laughs> <laughs> Ivan, and uh, thanks for sending that in. If anyone else has got any stories of celebrities, yeah. or more, even minor Having celebrities, weird, weird things. doing weird things with food, um, mm. then please do let us know. Hello at lukeandpeacher.com. It reminds me of that story of John Hartson. Right. John Hartson, former forward for Arsenal and West Ham and Celtic, apparently used to be a big fan of a, I'm going to say Harvester restaurant in Hertfordshire somewhere. Mm. And on a Sunday, he used to famously go in there and bang uh, two full roast dinners. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? I mean, he's a big lad. He's we've all, a big we've all had a meal where we thought, I could eat that again. Yeah. But rarely Never have do it. Any, never yeah, do it. It's, it's never, never going to be, you know, it's like transporting two. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> it'll be a parody of the first one do you think he's it's much like train spotting he was just trying to chase the high of the first road exactly massively yeah massively. with the second one 
Um, sorry, I just spotted a um, Chronicle uh, tweet saying, after the game, Steve Bruce suggested that his team had been conditioned to defending for too long under Rafa Benitez. Fuck off, Steve. <laughs> Fuck it. I saw him try and take credit for Martin Dubravka the other day as well. And it's like, didn't Benitez sign him? <laughs> He's like, we've unearthed, we've unearthed a real gem here. Unearthed like, a real gem? What, you walked into training and he was standing <laughs> on the pitch? <laughs> Fucking hell, brilliant. Well done. I've unearthed a real gem. Look, the vending machine has what it has in there, Steve, <laughs> to be honest. Good luck. Um, I just want a hot orange. I just want a hot orange. Um, hello to Anton Alicante, pleasingly um, alliterative. Uh, hello, chaps. Oh, it's Ant again. He's always emailing. Well, I was on the cross chain at my gym this afternoon when I was heard you read up my email about the staircase and El Camino. You remarked that I must be a very angry person to fire off such a rant about a mere TV show. Now, I would bet, I don't remember anything I've done in the past, I would bet that uh, Luke was the one who said that comment and not me. I'm just saying, Ant's emailing a lot at the moment and I'm reading laughed, them all out. I laughed at the time, but when I got home, I played the excerpt back and I found myself dismayed and even a bit upset that I should come across like that. I'm not really an angry person at all, uh, and if ever you should come out to this part of the world, I'd be very happy to buy you both a beer, show you what a beautiful area this is, and generally disabuse you of this idea you've got of me due to a couple of facetious emails. <laughs> and this is getting a bit weird, mate. Uh, he also says Kieran Culkin in uh, the TV show Succession looks like me. I've had that a few times. Yeah, it does. Uh, and it's, uh, yeah, it's not great. But, um, yeah, and don't worry about it, man. It's all good. We, we're all good. There's no beef. Mm. But can I, uh, I mean, the, the lookalikes thing with you and Kieran Culkin, mm. I mean, because the character he plays reminds me of you as well. well he's got a little body as well. Yeah. He hasn't got much of a bum. He's he wears little body. slightly similar clothes to what I wear. Same hair, same clothes, deviant, yeah. deviant behaviour. Mm. Um, but I, What? I was just like saying like, getting angry really quickly. I, um, I got angry in boots. Did you? I was at the front of the queue waiting what for happened? the self-service. There was one open and I was, I had my headphones on so you know when you're not, I can't imagine you getting angry in you, public. You're kind of 20%. You're so polite. You're kind of 20%. 20% on head on something else, so you probably weren't paying much attention. But I was convinced, Luke, and I'm still convinced, that it was my turn next at the self-service. Right. It was dinner time, so it was quite busy. I had some Shentrum. Three, <laughs> Don't three, your Shentrum. Three, three uh, jars of Shentrum and a uh, shower gel. And I was buying it. And, <laughs> and I walked over to the next available, and this blog just kind of pushed in front of me. Right. It sort of gave me a, no, I'm next, kind of, like, shake of the head. Right. I went from zero to 100% angry. What did you say? I just went, uh, well, no, I, I didn't, because I, I was concentrating on a podcast at the time, I wasn't 100% sure that it was definitely my next goal, but I'm struggling to see where that guy might have come from, Yeah, because I was definitely at the front of the line. So I went really angry, and I thought about it an hour later, and I was like, no, I'm still really angry. And then we were at the Ramble Tour in Leeds, me and the rest of the Rambles, I think you'd gone off ahead, crossing a road, this car... We were on the left-hand side of the road. He was driving down the right-hand side of the road, so we were never going to meet. Uh, and he just stopped in front of me, and I went... <laughs> I shouted uh, through his window, um, just keep on driving, you twat! <laughs> what? That? Why I don't know where that came this from. This I don't is know where that came from. Where's this coming from? And he, to be fair, he drove on, that twat drove on. I've never... I never get that angry. Did you feel powerful? I... I was a bit excitable it's afterwards. A, it's quite seductive, isn't it? Oh, mate. I, I went a bit road ragey. Keep wow. on driving, you twat. <laughs> twat. <laughs> I'm trying to stop using, you know, female well, genitalia words. I was going to say, there's yeah. in, in, in other cultures, there isn't the attitude of queuing that perhaps we have in the UK, right? So maybe the guy was just like, oh, it's whatever. So you're saying in the he's, boots a, thing. he's a fucking foreign. Is that what you're saying? 
Well, fucking foreign, eh? I'm saying that London's a very cosmopolitan city, yeah. and they may not, may not have the same attitude towards queuing as you do. But I mean, it's presumably the queue is you know there was a little passageway for people to sort of go in. But I just I'm just worried I'd become a monster, Luke, swearing yeah. at swearing at motorists. Yeah, I had, I, had a, I had a moment a while back, I tell you, which is it's embarrassing, but I'll tell you anyway. I'm not going to name any names. I was at a place of work. Uh, and I think it's because I hadn't been to the gym this week. <laughs> maybe, yeah. Got, got roid rage. Got roid rage. Um, I was at a place of work and I was just a bit late for something. I had to go and do something and I was running a bit late, which is unlike me. But anyway, I was. It's my fault. And I went in and as I went in, someone really unnecessarily, and it is a colleague. Mm. I don't say I know him that well, but it is a colleague. They went, oh, as a joke, oh, you, you fancy doing it then, do you? Kind of thing, as in like taking the piss that I was late. I don't know why I did this, but I just sort of went, oh yeah, good one. And carried oh, on walking, but like oh. in a really aggressive way. Oh, nice. And I felt kind of bad afterwards. You have been working in that building too long, Sunshine. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't a junior member of staff or anything. Yeah. It was, it was a colleague. It was, right. it was, you know, it's not like, it was, it was, it wasn't. I'm just saying, mate, just Mr. Billy Big Balls. But would you, could, would, you problem? Could, would you consider me being as an angry person? Because you are, but you are very contained bursts of anger in, in polite company kind of guy. Um, you, You're not angry in public. No. You're more of a brooder. I'd say. I don't lose my temper though, do I? Um, no, not really. I'm passionate and you're a, <laughs> and you're a, um, you're a rumbling. I think that's you why you're rumble. such a hit with the ladies and the men because you're like a Mediterranean passionate kind of guy. I am. But, but back in the, when, when the guy said, oh, you look like Kieran Culkin, mm. you do and it's a good look lookalike for a number of different reasons but the problem is I've got Pete Donaldson lookalike fatigue now. So many mm. people look like you. It's exhausting. It doesn't really it? register on my radar. No. I don't get as excited about it. No. Uh, let's squeeze one more email in very quickly. This is from Vinny, who says, Hi, guys. I'm a primary school teacher. I have confiscated some rather unusual items. Now, we talked about this a while back, so I guess uh, Vinny's on the catch-up. He says, uh, One of the most memorable moments was seeing a group of children huddling around the cloakroom, laughing, giggling, and throwing something around. Mm. Because they're only in year one, which is ages four to five. Adorable. I thought it was a toy. It was a toy. But one child had brought in his mum's rampant rabbit and was using it as a lightsaber. Less adorable. Less adorable. It was the most interesting conversation I've had with that parent uh, and that I, they've never spoken to me again. <laughs> I also walked past the toilets uh, where you need to hold your breath. However, usually, well, says, usually you need to hold your breath. This time all I could smell was cotton candy and five children who were aged seven years old were vaping in the bathroom. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Thanks very much for the show. Keeps me entertained on my very long commute to work. I mean, rampant rabbits and vapes in uh, infant school, primary school, not what we're after. Not but ideal, thanks, but anyway, not ideal, but um, why do they call it a rampant rabbit? You don't want something that's rampant near your nevers, do you? I think it's just a brand name, mate. Yeah, I know, but still. Just a brand name, brother. But, All right. Yeah, I was just saying, it's just like, I, I like, uh, did you ever see that um, video of the kids in the mum and dad's bedroom with the what can only be described as a big long double-ended dildo no sort of um waving it around like it was a sort of fun it, he the kid was saying funny sausage funny sausage <laughs> oh, he was, like, whapping it around they, his parents have filmed that and they <laughs> put it on the internet <laughs> well yeah yeah because it is fucking brilliant uh and the it's dad like ricky gervais saying when that kid fell into that uh, that gorilla enclosure was that? And uh, the parents, the parents, oh, just, the parents yes, were filming yes, it. Yes, 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 yes. Why yeah. are you filming it? That, so, the, so the, um, is this going to be... No, oh, it's been removed by... It's been removed for violating YouTube's terms of conditions, which sounds ridiculous. So that's um, a Ben Shapiro. I know, right? Um, but yeah, it's just a kid who's <laughs> found his, found his uh, mum's dildo. Funny sausage. And the dad... 
is not taking it off him because no. he, he is incapacitated by laughter. His dad is laughing. My goodness me. And the mum's come in. It is funny. It's that wonderful moment where the kid realises that the parent really wants the thing that's in their hand. So they're not going to give so it up. So they're not going to give it up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Funny sausage! All so right, if you found a note. funny sausage under your, underneath your mum and dad's bed, do get in touch. And if it was frozen, Pete probably would have eaten it. Uh, hello at lucapeacher.com. Of course, we will see you on Monday. Have a lovely weekend. By the lovely. time the Monday show comes out, we'll be in New York City. So we're Hot pre-recording dog. it. We might try and do one from the US next week. That'll be lots of fun. Uh, have a great weekend. We'll see you soon. Cool. This was a Stakhanov production.